Welcome to the Vajrasati Yoga Podcast, episode three. In today's podcast, I am joined by Jim Tarran, Kadeen Morecambe, and Jeremy Arnold. And we're going to be discussing social media and yoga. What are we doing? So Jim Tarran is the founder of the Vajrasati Yoga School, which as you may know if you've already listened to the first two episodes of the podcasts, and if you haven't, I advise you to pause now and go and listen to episode one and episode two. Jim established Vajrasati Yoga in 2000, and Kadeen Morecambe is senior teacher at the school and runs the teacher training with Jim. And I interviewed Kadeen in episode two, which you should also definitely listen to. And Jeremy Arnold, who is new to the podcast, I graduated alongside Jeremy in 2018. Jeremy has a keen desire and commitment to help people fall in love with the planet again, and he's interested how we can use spiritual practice to cause systemic change. So, welcome everybody. I want to start by talking about um, what I discovered just last night on, on Googling yoga. Uh, on sorry I looked at yoga on Instagram and 66.8 million posts with hashtag yoga are on Instagram so I want to start by discussing the fact that social media is saturated with pictures of yoga asana which is postures um, how do we feel about that because starting off with the discussion point that in recent years we've been um, subject to a body positive image being promoted out there and more recently promoting a feeling this is quite a recent movement to having an indifference to um, your body image which feels a bit more yogic i.e. being indifferent about how your body looks and not loving your wobbly bits because they're wobbly but just having no opinion about anything to do with what your body looks like but to what extent do we add to the noise of body image and yoga by posting pictures of asana on social media because social media is image-based. So how do we approach that relationship as, as Vajrasatins? Who would like to kick off? Maybe Jim. Um, I think you've got two, one of two options. One is just don't do it, you know, which uh, I interviewed someone for the teacher training course yesterday and she said, do I have to do social media? And I said, no, you don't. You definitely don't. We do post stuff on social media, but, you know, I, I do think it, it can be really, uh, uh, people can get really bogged down in it in lots of different ways. And then the other, my, my other attitude towards it is, you know, it's a bit like, do, do, if there's a McDonald's, you know, maybe I should open a, a, an ethical burger bar next door that's selling good quality nutritional burgers, you know, or, or do I just not do burgers at all? If that metaphor works. So I think, um, for for my point of view, we we feel we sort of we don't have to do it. We don't have to do anything, but people are doing it, and we we'd like to put up um, content, good content for people who are, who are um, going to look at those Facebook and Instagram and so on. I mean, this is more specifically about Instagram because it's photo led. Mm. So. <clears throat> for me that's always been the sort of paradigm it's not it's not destroy something but it's guide it to something better you know don't destroy mcdonald's but get mcdonald's to realize that they should look after the planet i hope mcdonald's don't sue us for this. <laughs> other <laughs> other burger joints are available <laughs> <laughs> yeah so that's kind of my my angle on it mm. Kadeen. 
Um, okay, so there's a couple of things here that I've got a little angle on. Um, firstly, the reference to social media is interesting. We call it social media, but it's sort of become a promotion media. Um, so when we first opened up those Facebook accounts, we were probably communicating with people we actually knew on Facebook. Yeah. And it was directly friends. I remember, you know, having a point when I first opened a Facebook account and having a hundred friends on there and then, um, you know, going past that point and then you end up with hundreds or thousands of friends. And in reality, do you know all of those people on social media? And this is the same as Instagram. I'll refer to that because we're talking about the, the images of yoga. Um, that was originally very much a media where people were just sharing photos and it was not photos that were driven by the promotion of a particular theme. It was just people taking nice photos of things that they liked. So mm. the question is, is that social media has sort of been um, procured for means of advertising is what's happened now. And as Jim said, we post on social media, although I, I don't do it so often because I do have a sort of relationship of not feeling 100% comfortable with it because a two-dimensional image does not convey what is being conveyed in the teaching of yoga or in a yoga class, what I can convey to my students in an hour and a half class. I can never put that in um, a post on Instagram. and. If I try to put some of that in a post on Instagram, I often feel, and this is how I will read some things, that it may come across as being slightly patronising because it's out of context of people being on a journey of um, being in the yoga themselves. So when I read um, certain posts, I might think, oh, you know, I'll be a little bit disconnected from what that person's trying to convey, even though they're maybe trying to convey something with... Um, real intention of sharing something authentic and honest yeah but coming back to the body yeah on, I, I thought you probably wanted to me to bring it back to that i think it's more of a question it's not just social media it's more of a question uh, it's the wider question of what yoga is becoming um in the west probably and maybe in the east too as well because it's sort of going back to india it's being repackaged in the west and going back to india as this sort of fashionable form of exercise in a way so i think social media is just simply reflecting what is probably going on in the yoga world and yes mm. it does have people on there doing very impressive postures looking beautiful while they're doing it and it's sort of yoga is being repackaged as a it's not necessarily being packaged as a lifestyle of spirituality which is what yoga is we know is originally the intention of yoga but it's being packaged of this lifestyle of um sort of fashionable healthy you know vibrancy like i'm living this full exciting dynamic life and i'm you know i'm looking really good on it and i'm you know mm. talking earlier drinking my turmeric lattes <laughs> and i'm you know i'm down with everything that's new and cool mm. and that's partly what's you know being repackaged through the form of social media that actually if you come to a yoga class you're not just buying into just buying into i say hmm. a form of spirituality you are buying into this whole um sort of tribe of cool people in mm. a way that's that's what i see through 
social media. Can I just pick on something, um, pick up, sorry, on something that you said earlier there about intention. And Jeremy, that was something that you were talking about mm. when we were talking about recording this podcast about what is the intention that people have when they go on social media. And it's not just about what we're posting, but when I think about my consumption of social media, it is much more, um, I, I consume, I look at it much more than I add to it. And, you know, Jeremy, ask you the question again, you know, state this for the record. How many times a day do you go on social media? Oh, so, well, as I was saying, I'm probably looking at social media every couple of hours, two or three hours, right? I'll have a little it's, scan through. That's a lot. And but that's probably the same for quite a lot of us. Yeah. And so I think the, the thing that's interesting for me is what I'm interested in is how can we, I tell a more authentic story about what yoga really is where's the roots of yoga and how can we tell yoga talk about yoga in a way that's that is uh more authentic and truthful and isn't just this kind of uh just inside of the health and fitness paradigm so that's my personal commitment <clears throat> and so what i notice about when i post i'm trying to tell a deeper story about or connect to the deeper um aspects of yoga but then when i I start taking photos of myself, I, I, it just doesn't seem to match up. And I, I find also is that like people who are looking, they're not looking, they don't, well, I can't say who and why they're looking, but I'm assuming that the people who are scrolling through Instagram, they're not coming to it to explore the deeper roots of yoga. So all those, Im those images that they'll see, they'll be mixed up with all sorts of different stuff. And suddenly here's my post about something that might be quite deep, something like a profound teaching. And I just think in the moment, it's not necessarily in the listening of the person that's scrolling through. So I totally agree with Jim. It's like, you know, why not kind of like, you know, just putting good stuff and good content on there. And so I think that's totally valid. And I've done some posts like that, but I also feel a little bit like, maybe it's just not the medium for me because I don't necessarily feel it's the format in which I want to tell these deep spiritual teachings. And I kind of feel in a way that they are profound. It is profound stuff. And if you want to explore that stuff, then you should come to it yourself, not it be kind of put, you know, it should be, an, it, should, um, it should be a request for that type mm. of teaching. Like a, a like a directed time, like I'm going to sit down <clears throat> But this is, you know, tapas, self-discipline. I'm going to sit down and and actually dedicate some time to exploring what's out there. And I, I don't, I don't know that I've ever done that. I don't know if my relationship to social media has ever been like I'm going to sit down and and look at social media now. And I know, and I making an educated guess that most of my friends don't use social media in that way either. And it's. But I think the, the point is, I would say that I'm posting <clears throat> stuff that's deep and profound, but I'm not really intending people to understand that. I'm promoting something that mm. who I am is somebody that has a deep understanding of yoga. And if you are interested in coming to practice at that type of level, then I'm somebody that you can kind of come and mm. find for that. Mm. So there's a little jarring for me about like, oh, I'm posting something, pretending that I'm trying to give you or put some wisdom out there. But what I'm really doing is promoting myself as a brand mm. and my and here who who I am here's my identity in a sense. So I think the very simplest um, the simplicity of what you said earlier, Kadeen, about calling it promotional media 
would change our instant relationship to it because in even in the discussion of this and probably people are already aware that social media is advertising but we forget I think because we use it to connect with people we use it to see what our friends are doing we use it to kind of uh, you know dare I say it brag about what our you know hashtag <laughs> blessed lives are going on I mean it does happen but it's I don't know it's it's weird being a, a recent graduate of um, a yoga teacher training and then thinking right how am I gonna how am I gonna uh, get my get myself out there to teach and hearing from other yoga teachers that studios some studios choose you based on how many followers you have so then it becomes a popularity contest which we've talked about in the school before about Vajrasati definitely isn't trying to be popular so I feel like there's a um I don't know sorry podcast listeners I'm doing a sort of dance where I'm like doing an emotion of being pulled apart but there's this on the one hand we've got this authentic yoga that we're learning about and we want to teach to other people on the other hand we've got this seemingly some for me personally inauthentic platform of social media mm-hmm. it's you know it's a shop front or a, or a book cover mm. you know and, and like Jeremy indicated there you, you know you're not it's not about teaching someone something through it it's just saying if you come through this door you know this is what I might offer and and you know it's just one way of people finding you in the the trouble or whatever it's just the way the world is at the moment social media is there and people don't that's how they come to find things through the internet whether it's social media or something else but they find it through the internet so I think um you know putting the right thing on I mean a lot of books lure us in I mean there's a, a pulled up this thing from the White Lotus Sutra because I like to pull it back to sutras and things. I just have to say that while we've been discussing, Jim has been on his phone and I thought he was just scrolling through Instagram <laughs> to prove a point, but he was actually doing some research, so that's a relief. No, I was checking. I got loads of likes from my last post. <laughs> um, so this is well known in the White Lotus Sutra and it's the parable of the burning house. And I'll, I'll sort of say it quite quickly, but one day a fire broke out in, in a house uh, of a wealthy man who had many children the wealthy man shouted at the children inside the burning house to flee but the children were absorbed in their games and didn't heed his warning though the house was consumed by flames then the wealthy man devised a practical way to lure the children from the burning house knowing that the children were fond of interesting playthings, he called out to them listen outside the gates are carts that you have always wanted carts pulled by goats carts pulled by deer carts pulled by oxen why don't you come out and play with them uh, anyway, the, the 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 upshot is the kids kind of said no, and then he said, "But the carts are decorated with loads of beautiful jewels." And eventually, they went, "All right, we'll come out." They didn't realize the house was burning. So, part of that in 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 the Buddhist paradigm is skillful means. It's like <clears throat> if you're luring someone away from something that's harmful with a lure, mm. and it turns out that that's you know they. they it's you know we could it's another discussion isn't it whether it's ethical to lie to your children because there isn't a car out there when they go but then they turn around and go oh god because they wouldn't believe him uh, you know their full story is they don't believe him that the house is on fire and the house of course is a metaphor for samsara for conditioned existence so <clears throat> for me anyway it's a flag it's just saying look that you know we're here as well if you want something different uh, or you know if you want this uh, uh, if you want uh, 
different form of yoga, then that's it. And, and, and unfortunately, you know, what lures people away at first when you're trying to compete against other images, you've got to have something that's at, to some extent, nice look nice to look at it doesn't mm. have to well be, it's that know. old adage isn't it that sex sells yeah and Which people is, you see my new post it's very <laughs> sexy <laughs> and that and that you know people are gonna look at a body that looks good more than they're gonna look at yeah. a post which is a, probably of a, of a lotus flower but but that's what i'm trying to get us to think about in terms of well, there is a line. Well, it's the, but it's the ethics of advertising, isn't it? Kadeen, did you want to add to that? Yeah. Um, well, what I wanted to say to that is, why do you feel that you need to, to do social media at all? That's the point, as Jim said at the beginning. He said to a student, you don't need to do social media. And I guess that's sort of part of my reason that I'm, you know, I'm sort of pulling back from social media as much as I can. I do use it a little bit because there is a way of communicating with some of my students in one place on social media. But, you know, I, I haven't posted, I did a small post on Instagram today with no hashtags on there because I'm not interested in putting it on there to advertise myself. But, um, I haven't done anything for weeks for the reason of I don't necessarily want to contribute to that feeding of people's addictions with social media as well and you know as interesting as some of the things that I could post on there maybe that are what I believe to be authentic yoga things it's encouraging like Jeremy said that every couple of hours to pick up the phone and go for the scroll mm. and you know so as authentic we can make our posts can be great but you have to take some responsibility that you are feeding into this mass addiction that people have and it is an addiction it i'm going to call this out now and i know that this will be controversial because some pe people love social media and they're in it and it works for them but, but people love drugs no. yeah <laughs> yes exactly but know that you are contributing yes. to something that has been studied now for the addictive qualities that a lot of these platforms have been made to be deliberately addictive mm. and that's that's my um part that i struggle with in um fully embracing the social media i could embrace it and go oh it's okay I'm just using it and I'm not getting involved but I am encouraging other people to get involved so I think as a new teacher like you said where do I go with this and I've got to set up social media I think you can be I don't have to mm. you can reach people I know it's hard and it is a platform there to reach people but um, you know you can flyer and you can if you're with a studio they will probably have a social media yeah. and they'll have a mailing list there are things like that and actually a friend was telling me about um, a fairly new platform which is a little bit like a social media platform but it's a platform just for you that you sign your students up to and you can communicate with them as you would through social media but they're just sort of linked up to your your own mailing thing through an app mm. which actually sounded really good because it's like actually you're communicating with your people now mm. um, I think we're still in the age of discovering and discerning what social media is for it's like we are all like our um it, not differentiating too much between generations in this room but we have all just been you know dumped on by social media like here it is and now we're starting to go okay now let's 
differentiate and discern what it is and how how you can use it for different it's like the tools thing we've been given tools and we're kind of a bit like do we use the hammer for everything it's like no no just use it for what it's meant to be used for and I think there's a lot of confusion about what social media I should say Instagram because that is really what I'm referring to when I'm talking about social media yeah and it's interesting because it's very much it's sort of like when um, cigarettes were first developed and mm. everyone just started smoking because there was no sort of realization that actually it was bad for your health and but everyone did it it was like oh so we're all okay. into this now so it's okay uh, yeah exactly and this is sort of in a way what's happened it's like oh well th this is what we do now because we all have these handheld devices that you know even 10 years ago we weren't um so bought into social mm. media because it was um you know it was still in its earlier days then so you know not everyone had a smartphone but we've just got access 24 7 you know because we carry our phones around with us so you know that addictive nature which as humans we all have on some level it's just it's fed into that we can just access it at any time we want so we do we we spend time when we're bored you, you know if you're on the tube now and i really Pick reflected on this the other day when i was sitting on the tube everyone was on their phone mm -hmm. you, you know not that long ago people would be reading books on the tube yeah. so that's a really interesting reflection and you know every those times we dip into social media and you might be like i'm just gonna have a quick check and then half an hour has gone by you could have wow. read half an hour of mm. you know the yoga yeah. sutra or something in that time I mean, or two hours like you say jeremy that people do do that that's not unheard yeah. of that people go on and then they get pulled into this world which is not real mm -hmm. and um then afterwards don't really feel that good about it yeah. either but our addictive nature still pulls us in yeah i wonder if our relationship to uh, Instagram social media would be different if we had a we had a you know a device for only that I, you know because we our phones are where we go for everything so it's like oh I'm just gonna reply to that message and while I'm here I'm just gonna respond to the email and while I'm here I'm just gonna I have a very um habitual pattern of check my phone check my bank account check Instagram check Facebook and check my notes check my to-do list go back to Facebook it's just and it's so um, incongruent with what I'm learning about in yoga practices yeah. that it's a bit of um, a head beep for me to yeah. use um, to use social it's a media. It's a it is. that we have. It's like you pick up the phone and it's almost you're in there before you even realise you're in yeah. there. Like I don't have Facebook on my phone at all, so I have to check that on my laptop or iPad so I don't have it when I'm out and about. Mm. Um, for that reason, because I just I don't really want to be pulled into it in a, an un unconscious mm. way that I, I find myself on there before I even know I'm on there, mm. you know, that sort of thing. So, um, and that's you know, I'm not it's not any judgment, you know, I just really want to add this is not any judgment of anyone who does use social media and enjoys social media, but it's just a sort of little nudge, like we do in a yoga class, we're constantly nudging people about waking up and that's mm. you know that's my call to people it's like wake up what what are you getting from it and uh, as a student of yoga or as a teacher of yoga what are you getting out of your posts from it and what you're seeing on there and what are you getting from scrolling through it mm. you know Jeremy what um what do you think that 
the hundreds of yoga postures that people post about is doing for body image because you and I discuss a lot about there's a there's a picture of somebody in a super bendy posture and then the text is all about something that's nothing to do with what the picture's about like what do you think about that relationship between the picture and the message that people are putting out well I think people just become they I mean people just scroll and they just look for sexiness I know even from even on my post like I'm just scrolling I'm just like I'm just eating people's posts, right? And I think people just, you know, if you look at like my my kind of like most people I've looked at, there's so many people on my po- on my feed that are just sexy, and I know that even for myself, <laughs> right? That isn't. Um, it's just. It's not even healthy. And I, think, I better be on there. Yeah, of course. <laughs> and I think everybody start. You know, like people people like either want to be like that person or they want to have that person. I think it just. Or they feels, feel jealous of that or person. They feel or they feel rubbish that they're not like exactly. that person. But I think all of this stuff it comes out of people. We've like we've lost the ability to be with ourselves. You know, our smartphones are kind of like pulling us away from the simplicity of just sitting still and being with the breath or mm. noticing you know the wind on your face or whatever it is like and it's really interesting noticing how you know as i come deeper into my uh, if i'm meditating more and practicing more i'm noticing that stuff more and more frequently and noticing how weird it is to be pulled out of it with my phone because mm. i still have a strong habitual phone habit Mm -hmm. but my meditation and yoga practices are getting deeper and deeper as well and I feel that they're becoming very polar so it's like so when suddenly I'm fallen into the world of like scrolling it's just kind of like it's um is it it indicative of if you're back on your phone scrolling it's indicative indicative of the fact that you might have fallen out of practice with the other stuff like the meditation and the yoga practices well I'm just out of my Look, I can. I, I if if it's the weekend and I know that I don't have to be anywhere soon. I, what I usually do, I get up and I practice for three hours every single morning. On Instagram, not on Instagram. <laughs> but if it's the weekend, I'm like, oh, I can start in a bit. And if I pick up my phone before I practice and I lie on the sofa, I can start scrolling yeah. and scrolling and just go round and round and round. And before I know, I can lose an hour or an hour and a half or even two hours mm. just go, kind of going round in circles. So, and even though like I am practicing every day, but I can deeply sw- flip all the way over to being really centered and really grounded and very much in the body. And, but having that, um, that uh, kind of swing gives me the insight to be able to see how it's really not good being pulled out of ourselves all the time. Mm. Whether or not it's, for whatever the thing that pulls you out of yourself, whether it's comparing yourself to others mm. or kind of, and it's and we've said before as well it's not it's not instagram that's the problem it's not the phone that's the problem it, and it's not that we are the problem but it is our relationship to that that we need to look at and i feel like jim you have a bit of a different relationship to social media but i wonder how much do you consume in comparison to how much do you post because my th- feeling is that you probably don't spend a lot of time consuming or reading a lot of social media but you post is that true I don't know yeah I probably post more than I consume mm. um, that's rare I think well it, you know that, I, I mean it's not that I haven't consumed more but, but I found sorry I take that back it's not rare that's 
a lot of the people that post, mm. I think, are the people that are posting a lot. I mean, and people that don't post are the people that are just consuming, consuming. I yeah. don't think there's a balance. No, I, I agree. I mean, I, I've come to that balance having tried the other, you know, the other way and found that's the healthiest way for me to deal with it. Um, post stuff, you know, I, I really quickly like a few people in the school's things. and like, oh, yeah, you know, people in the school, I look at their thing and go like, like so that, you know, um, there's a sense of uh, fellowship there uh, and then I leave it. Mm. But that that's... You know, that's kind of the point I wanted to take from, you know, what Kadeen and Jeremy have both said, which is flawlessly true. There's massive problems with social media. The question is, what do you do about it? Yes. Well, that's my final question for the last five minutes. I would like us to discuss what practical advice we might have for yoga teachers of the school about the use of social media. Yeah, oh, I'm going to read you one more thing um, from Zengetsu, uh, uh, a, chi- a Chinese Zen master, or Chan master it should be, because he's Chinese. Um, and it says, A noble heart never forces itself forward. Its words are rare gems, seldom displayed and of great value. And I, I think that's kind of important. I'm just going to leave that out there. Can you read that again? Yeah. It says... Um, Sorry, uh, a noble heart never forces itself forward. Its words are as rare gems, seldom displayed and of great value. So that's the first thing, uh, and I want to tie that in with another thing from the Sengetsu, which is living in the world, yet not forming attachments to the dust of the world, mm. is the way of the true Zen student. So I think that for me, those two things are relevant here. Mm. Um, you know. It's about, for me, it's about uh, personally, and I can only speak personally, I have no idea. I had a great, wonderful revelation the other day. Maybe I don't have to tidy up the whole world. That was just personal, and I felt so good for a minute. <laughs> you know, maybe I don't have to, and I felt light, you know. Mm. I'm, I'm, not the, I'm not saying anything about anyone, it's just personal reflection. And um, so the question is, yes, social media can be a problem, you know, uh, and is a problem for many people. And it's a for me, uh, it's about viveka, about discernment, which you have to learn. Mm. And do you either censure it and banish it and ban it, or do you learn discipline? And those are the two options, aren't they? You know, get rid of it, get rid of social media. It's causing, you know, it's rotting people's minds, and they're, you know, which is true. Or do people need to wake up to the fact that their minds are rotting and go, I don't like my mind rotting anymore. Mm-hmm. I'd like to make, I'd like to practice more discernment, and probably the way to do that is what Jeremy described. You keep your practices going until you feel the polarity is almost pulling you apart and then you have to make a choice, you know? Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's how I, years ago, gave up smoking cigarettes or drinking alcohol. Not because I decided they were wrong, but because I was doing a lot of yoga and meditation and it felt like they were pulling in different directions. Mm. So on a, on a, I know that there's no rules um, and there's nothing dogmatic that gets handed out from the school. But in terms of practicality, I think we've—I think it's just repeating what we've already said. But to sum up, what would you advice would you give to teachers uh, who are, like you said, you don't have to have social media, but if you do have social media, I don't know. I mean, it's not—it's difficult, isn't it? Because there's not this will work for you, and it won't work well, for I've someone got that else. Well, that's Zengetsu thing. That you know that. that yeah. That's my. I mean, it's, it's Zengetsu. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I think it would be interesting to 
find out how many people have come to your classes through social media, those teachers who are using it. Yeah, because I actually don't That's think it, it, it really works. Mm. It works for me, the, the main form, in reaching out to the students I already, already teach. have. Yeah. So I think there's a little illusion, first of all, that people go on there to start you know, maybe they build up that profile because they want to get into a particular yoga studio, mm -hmm. fair enough. But, you know, we all know that you can pay online apps to build up your followers if you want. So it's kind of meaningless anyway. Oh, yeah. So if you want to get into a studio <laughs> that says you need loads of followers, just pay, yeah, pay that. Pay for them. <laughs> you know, it, so it, it's, it's kind of a, you know, it, it, that's a, you know, a weird thing anyway, isn't yeah. it? So um, it's an odd thing to judge someone on. But, you know, I just think... Um, you know, don't think that not doing it is going to um, impact your ability to gather your tribe of students because I don't think it will make a difference. Um, you know, I don't, I've had one person who's contacted me through Instagram for, um, to do a one-to-one -one online with them. One person, mm. and I think I've been posting maybe for three years. How interesting! Yeah. So you know, everyone else, it's been it's people I know. So only one person that I don't really know, and I I sort of know that person anyway through someone else. So um, that's quite interesting, and um, yeah, I just think keep the faith in what you're doing. If you are using social media and it's fine, you know, just post from your own heart. Post like you would teach don't mm. follow whatever the current meme is that's the thing that i think you know we've all had conversations outside of this podcast which is a bit annoying that oh everyone's doing this on instagram now or everyone's doing that and it's like don't worry about what anyone else is doing a little like jim said you can just go in post your thing post in exactly the same way you would teach you don't have to follow whatever is currently fashionable in there and then you know you're it's fine you can have an authentic voice through social media it is possible mm. but you know don't get pulled by whatever might be fashionable i think that would be my advice but mm. you know also you know know that you can be a lone wolf out there not using it if you choose not to it's fine and you know you keep the faith there are other ways of reaching out to people offering free classes and things mm. like that to get people in word of mouth word, word of, mouth of mouth is the word of mouth number one best yeah. advertiser of your classes so you if you go out there and you teach well you'll get students will eventually come to your class and mm -hmm. it takes time as well this is the other thing the instant world of social media has created a an instant desire to i've got my yoga teacher training certificate i'm going to set up a class and it's going to instantly have loads of people in there that's such you know, a false it, perception it's such a false perception you know in reality it can take it ages a, it take a year to to establish a class okay and um, jeremy any final thoughts from you as a you know i have to frame it as a recent graduate but any practical things that you've learned that you would say work for you in terms of the use of social media i would just say um be clear on your intention about what you're out to accomplish and be like Kadeen said, just be true to your heart. And then from on a personal perspective, check in with yourself. Are you checking how many likes you get every 10 minutes and all of that stuff? And if so, maybe it's, it's time for a rest or perhaps just simple things like not taking your phone in your bedroom mm. and uh, having an hour of, of not using the phone in the morning or an hour in, before bed. And, uh, you know, and just kind of maybe leaving your phone 
not near you as you're sitting on the sofa in the evening or whatever so Mm -hmm. just kind of like having a little bit of a distance from your phone generally is good to get a bit of perspective and practicing and meditating as well so then it gives you that kind of you're really knowing what it's like to or kind of um spending time abiding in the heart center yeah connected to self amazing thank you so much guys um we are going to end it there um before we go just to let you know um we have a couple of um things coming up within the vajrasati school on the 1st of august from half past nine until half past four at florence house in seaford sussex there is a day of peace and relaxation through yoga and sound with rosy waters they're raising funds for the youth counseling project with yoga and meditation with Rosie, mantra and movement with Anna, and a gong bath with Sounds Mystical. The price, which is £40, includes a veggie lunch, and you can book with Rosie by emailing seahavenyoga at btinternet.com. On the 2nd to the 4th of August at Claridge House in Lingfield, from Friday till Sunday, there's a weekend of Vajrasati yoga, meditation, mantra and pranayama with rosy waters. It's a weekend of all things yoga in beautiful, peaceful surroundings, suitable for all ages and levels of experience. Locally sourced veggie food is included, as well as lovely ensuite accommodation. It's £265 and you can book with Claridge House by emailing welcome at claridgehousequaker.org.uk. And finally, on the 31st of August till the 7th of September with Lucy Levens, she is running a week-long immersive holiday exploring yoga on the on Ishia Island in the Gulf of Naples, which is a thermal island, so it has natural hot water springs and mineral-rich mud pools to bathe in. They'll be doing yoga, sound, breath and other energy practices. It's £480 for a shared room or £580 for a private room. And this includes accommodation, food and twice daily yoga. And you can book that by going to brightonyogaclasses.com. So thanks a lot for listening to the third episode of the Vajrasati Yoga Podcast. We will close by a round of alms. Um, who would like to leave? Or should we just all, Let's just all take a deep on. breath? And if you're at home, then join in with us. Thank you guys. Jim, did you record? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Oh, cool.